0: Hello, and welcome to The Alt-Left.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Here is part two of the interview that you've been waiting to hear for our interview with the cop. Part two is just as good as part one. It just, as you can tell from the length of it, took a lot of time to edit. So here it goes. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it.
0: who it wants. to can hire who it wants to it make its own rules. I mean, it just can't violate the law. Right. You know, there is a line I feel for police and in general, I feel that the police shouldn't turn their backs on, you know, like the mayors or the president, like that's something we shouldn't do. But, uh, silent, silent civil disobedience isn't against the law for anybody, right? It's everybody has that constitutional protection the same way the president can still throw a fit, even though he's a president. We saw it with Donald Trump all the time. He's, yeah. he's a child. He threw a but fit the all the time. don't,
1: though, it's like police have that right. Citizenry don't anymore. As someone who goes to a lot of protests, like, no, as soon as it hits more than two hours, police, you know, the, the LAPD declares an unlawful assembly. And all of a sudden, we're getting tear gassed. And all of a sudden, people are getting shot in the face and the
0: chest with rubber bullets for peacefully assembling in the street. Well, and I always tell people unfortunately a key phrase in a riot is the first window broken and most people don't know when that is but of course the police with all their surveillance they know when that is and they're waiting for it right i believe personally now not all places but some places you know i I personally don't care if people block streets i don't want them to block highways i think blocking highways is very dangerous um for them and it's a, a to me it's like a public health risk like Ambulances travel on highways, get off the highway. Like you, it could, I've seen it go really bad. But the the tricky thing about a protest is when someone in your outfit breaks the first window, it's because riots really don't erupt with assaults of other people. They don't really erupt with even assaulting law enforcement. They usually erupt with the first broken window of a business. It's a riot. Well,
1: and half the time that's an undercover FBI agent, anyway. We've got the records from there coming to Provo.
0: We did see that. And
1: I mean, the CHP had to admit they have a program of literally having undercover cops go in and incite violence in the crowds. That was the California Highway Patrol. They had to admit it when two of their guys got found at the protest.
0: Yeah, doing that. And this is, and like I said, like I said, I, I tell police officers all the time, and I'm not a, I'm sure you can tell, I, I like to kind of call, I have like to call balls and strikes on both sides, right? If the citizens mm-hmm. do something bad, you know, if a citizen does something bad, and I use citizen just as non-law enforcement, um, not that we're, we're different anyway. Just non-law enforcement personnel do something bad, it's a strike. They do something not bad, it's a ball. The same mm-hmm. way, if the police, let's say, have a bad shooting, it's a strike. If they have a good shoot or a quote-unquote legal shoot, uh, it, it's a ball, right? As much as we don't like it, it's a ball. Um, and I think this is the problem is <laughs> law enforcement just doesn't want to call strikes on itself. Yeah. The only reason I don't tackle the citizen, by the way, in the in this equation is because. I don't feel the need to. We're not talking about, you know, citizen. We can talk about citizen behavioral wrongdoings all day. And it happens all the time. I'm
1: not trying to say that, again, as someone who's been to a lot of these protests, I am not going to say that everyone on my side of the street always acted perfectly either. There's bad actors everywhere. The differences were policed. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> right. And I also want yeah. to
2: add on to that too is when have you ever heard reports of police? showing up at a Klan rally and starting a riot? When have you ever heard po- reports of police showing up at a Proud Boys meeting and starting a riot? The only time we have incidents where outside forces are provoking a riot so that they control people is during protests against police for co- for basically murdering Black people, you know? And, and I think that's where it goes back to the, poli- the racism element in there too, is there are unique circumstances that when you... Look at, let's say, a Black Lives Matter protest and then look at any other similar rally where it's predominantly white people that are, you know, engaged. The treatment is demonstrably different across the board.
1: Yeah, when BLM showed up at the Lincoln Memorial, the, the SWAT team was out there. And yet on January 6th...
0: Well, I, I disagree slightly with that. I've I've seen the protest on YouTube where the Proud Boys show up somewhere or some dummy corp like them shows up somewhere and the police do get aggressive. They do. They do the same antics. I don't know about, you know, fake agents throwing bricks. I haven't looked into it that far, but I have seen, to my pleasant surprise, the police treat them the same. They treated them extremely the same in Washington, D.C., uh, whenever they amassed there in front of the White House. Um, and, you know, they've been treated, you know, the same everywhere else. You know, I think I, I think the police fell into a trap in 2020. And it was um, the trap of predictability, right? The police thought that they can predict that, okay, at 7 o'clock it's dark, it's going to get violent, so we need to do this, 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 and that. And it wasn't always the case that that was the case, right? Like There were a lot of violent days, in my opinion, around the country, um, especially after dark, as it related to people rioting, shooting at police, breaking stuff, starting fires, the, the whole nine yards. The question is how heavy handed do you want to be in that approach? Do you want to send troops out armed to the teeth in riot gear? Look like you're ready for a fight because the only thing you're going to do is provoke a fight. That's my personal. Yeah.
1: yeah you go looking for trouble, you find it.
0: Right. Or is it better to let people, let them damage the property and then you respond because at that point it's, it is justified. Like you, you can't just burn down stores. I'm sorry. It, that's not how we operate. I don't think we should operate that way. We should protect people's life savings. You can't just burn down stores. I don't think it's okay. You can't just loot everything. It's not okay. And then the police respond with that heavy response and start declaring this is an unlawful assembly and go through the whole nine yards. And when people fail to comply, then the police are allowed to box you in and arrest you. And I think that's okay. As long as you're given one opportunity to leave, to the police don't provoke you. Because I, I did see that. I saw videos of, in New York, like when the cop pushed the old man down, the old guy, and he, I think he like yeah, shot a vertebrae or something. Uh, like, no, he- actually,
1: it was, it was honestly, again, you've surprised the hell out of me. I was not expecting, I literally expected 20 minutes uh, of interview and you and I just to be going at it. And we actually have a lot more common ground than I thought. You know, seriously, like we really do. Um, but yeah, I have that one. I have a, a little fact sheet on that one. It was, yeah, it was Buffalo, New York. His Name was Martin Gring, uh Guji gugino it's like an italian name gugino. um gugino yeah and he got shoved down and uh, by four cops and smacked his head he got a head injury he actually has permanent brain damage he was in the hospital for four weeks and he still can't walk without assistance and a grand jury went nope not enough evidence
0: yeah and I thought that was inappropriate you know I was like look just because someone isn't moving out of the area fast enough we're already we're, we're already declaring something a riot right I'm already not going home. What's another hour going to kill me? If people are moving out the area. You're getting no tea at that point. Yeah, I mean, we look, it's all about control. If I've dispersed the crowd and people are moving out of the area, we've won. That's a victory. We've controlled the area. We've, we've ceased the violence. People are leaving, right? Who cares if they're walking two inches at a time or six miles at a time? No one cares. As long as they're leaving allowed to and here's my and this is where i keep my mouth shut a lot while i'm at work because my libertarian side really does bleed into (laughs) how i feel right now but i don't care if people walk away flipping me off saying fuck the police i'm like okay as long as you're leaving i don't personally care what you say to me i don't care i'm my my skin is way thicker than that and this is this is my job this isn't personal so you're not hurting my feelings by screaming Mm -hmm. you can scream cab and all that. I don't care. As long as you're, you're leaving, I'm winning right now. I'm personally winning. This is making my life a lot easier. The issue is the police got impatient, so they pushed him. They shoved him. He wasn't moving fast enough. That's what it came down to, at least to me. He was old. He's shuffling around. He's not moving. He's probably a little confused, like, what's going on? Well, and he was walking
1: backwards, you know?
0: Yeah, he's looking at these dudes who are coming at him with all this gear on, yelling at him. He's probably like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he gets, gets blasted by this guy with a stick. And I'm like, dude, that's – I was like, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Like, we we have to have we, – we don't have to have – we're expected to have way more control than that. And when he wasn't found guilty or wasn't fired, I was actually uh, disappointed in that particular case. I was like, that's not okay because you should have been held accountable for assault. I mean, you really hurt that person for no reason. Now, had that person turned around, I don't think she'd be pushing 75-year-old men to the ground regardless. I mean, we can, I mean, I'm 27. I'm pretty sure I can carefully subdue a 75-year-old man. But, you know, if you're like 33 and you're kicking my, and you're kicking at the shields and you're throwing the rocks at me, and I shove you and you fall and you hurt yourself, that we can argue about that. But at that point, you've responded in tone. Right. But if you're just standing there screaming "F" the police and I shield dump you and I break your nose, that's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. Yeah, if, so- if someone
1: flips you off and walks away, you're not doing paperwork. You know,
0: right? Right.
1: They got their and, and, feelings and, out, whatever. But, but again, but but that's what that's what happens. You know, it's like and that, and that's the problem, and and that's part of that warrior mentality we're talking about, and part of that go-get'em attitude is, again, I mean, clearly, you're an anomaly. You are not, yeah. you are one of the minority. You are not your average guy, but it's like every other cop I've ever talked to, and I've had honest, off the record, I mean, I, we're getting recorded. I've, I've talked to cops who weren't even, like, there's no recordings, like, we're talking in person at a barbecue having beers, and it's a totally different mentality. That mentality that you're talking about is rare. Yeah. Um, You know, this idea of fuck them all happens a lot, and it's especially, and again, like you said police are human beings, right? And they suffer from the same groupthink problems that, that people who aren't in a badge do. I think when you get enough people with enough adrenaline pumping, with enough riot shields and, and sticks, shit's gonna go
0: down. It does, and it and it is real. It is really. I've been in riots. They're really intense. It is really intense. Your adrenaline is flying out the window. Like, and don't get me wrong. I you know, and the whole fucking thing. That's a really bad coping mechanism, and not even with arrests. Just and even I've done that. You know, you come off a really bad shooting, and you're like, "Fuck it!" Like, I just got to move on from that. But like, when you start saying, and I, I, I really try. I have to check myself actively because you're right. The gr- group think is a human thing. We all fall prey to it, and mm-hmm. that's why you have to check yourself. And I catch myself sometimes with the fuck them mentality. And I'm like, no, it's not fuck them. They're people. No, we're not going to say that. When you start saying that, what does that even mean? Fuck them. What are they? Worthless, dispensable, useless. You can just do whatever you want. What does that mean? So I think, you know, that is, that that's a group think mentality. And I think what we saw a lot in 2020 as well with police, re- a reaction was we saw humans and it, not to be a cop out, but police are people. They're going to get pissed off. They're going to get annoyed. They're going to get tired. They're going to get hungry. They're going to be sweating. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And one of them going to lose their temper. He's going to shove an old guy. And he should be held accountable.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of the difference is, again, I mean, I'm on the other side of a lot of these. You know, I was in, uh, there was, I mean, you can look it up on YouTube. I was in Tujunga, um less than a year ago. And there was this big Proud Boys uh, Trump rally going on. So, you know, a bunch of us on the other side showed up. And it was literally just, it was a political rally. This wasn't even, had nothing to do with police. You know, this was Proud Boys on one side and, 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 and leftists on the other. You know, everyone's talking shit, throwing water bottles, right? And the police were in the middle trying to keep the peace. They were only facing one direction, you know? And I got to tell you, at one point, someone brandished a firearm. It wasn't on our side, but the cops were always facing our direction and when they started shooting rubber bullets it was our direction every time and we were the unpeaceful side even though they were the ones running across the street and every time there was a physical altercation it was one of them coming across the street and that's and that's but that's and that this is my personal experience so obviously I can't speak for what happens across the country you shouldn't take my anecdotal activity as everyone but it's like every time this happens that's what I see is when the sides are equal they're always facing one direction you know, I've been to Huntington Beach twice now when actual Nazis are there doing their thing. And it's like they're always facing one direction. And that's and I think part of that is also, you know, the Nazis aren't going to come and try to start shit with the cops. But that should also tell you something.
0: Yeah. You know, per, per, small personal story. And, you know, my department personally, when we handle so we we do alternating. So we have every officer facing each side. That way there's no bias. There's no we're only watching one side. We I do like that we do that. I like that we do that. And that's not like a, that's not like a hidden secret. Like that's just, you can observe that on the news. I mean, so like, I, I do like that they do that, that we do that. Um, Which I think is good. Yeah. I mean, there was one incident where um, some BLM protesters came to and ripped down one of the statues. And we were of course, ordered to not let them do that. Uh, it's like the pinnacle of our city. It like literally defines the city. It's the whole name of the city is the statue. They came, a prayer group came and then, a white supremacist group came, so we alternated. The prayer group said, "Why are you facing us? They're the ones who are yelling at you." And I, I told one of them, I was like, "Well, that doesn't stop you from pulling out a pistol and shooting me, does it? That doesn't stop you from throwing bricks at them, does it? Doesn't stop you from antagonizing them, does it? They could be yelling at me, but they're really yelling at you because you're doing something to antagonize them to make them more violent in front of me, so I get aggressive with them. That's why we watch everybody." And he's like, I didn't think about it that way. I'm like, I know you didn't. I did. That's okay. That's what I'm paid to do. Is think about it this way, right? That's what that's what they're paid to tell us. This is what we're paid to you know think about. We think about these things. But it was it was especially interesting because the white supremacist group, which is actually a KKK faction uh, mm-hmm. from deep south in my state, there was only black officers <laughs> on this <laughs> on, on the police line. So they walked up. They gave every officer a bottle of water. They gave every officer a covid mask and they shook every officer's hand now i did shake all their hands i'm not gonna slap their hand away you know that's not that's not professional of me um i'm not not gonna do that so it was just interesting because it's like on one side i I, you knew what they were trying to do and it was very cleverly planned They they were hoping to invoke a reaction and show themselves as innocent right right and they were hoping we would probably turn around and look at black people being irate to other black people but we didn't do that so i i have seen what you're talking about where they only face one side and i really hate that i'm like well how can you tell the other side isn't making them angry by throwing up white power fists or you know doing you know sig Heil hitler or something to to agitate people but all you're seeing is angry people and then you assume you assume. They're angry at you, which is inappropriate. You shouldn't assume anything. You know, the police should deal with facts and evidence. So how do we know? How do we, you don't know. Because I think that a group antagonizing another group is just as guilty as the group that then commits violence. Because had you not antagonized them, they would never have gotten violent. So you've caused everything that happened from that point forward. So that's why I always say I like when I see departments, NYPD did it for a minute, and then they stopped for some reason. Uh, alternating faces. Now, my question on,
1: and I, I actually think you have a very good point there, where you're talking about you know, even if someone throws the first punch, throws the first brick, whatever, right? That, that 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 there is a there is a I don't know liability, but there is definitely a fault you can lay at the antagonizer. But then what would you say when the police are on that side? Because, again, I mean, and this is this is what we see all the time. And now, granted, my experiences are only in Los Angeles, right? I, I, I can only tell you what the LAPD and L.A. County sheriffs do. Uh, I, I don't know what what Tampa Bay, Florida PD is doing. I don't know what NYPD is doing. But what we always see is, again, a piece when there's a peaceful protest, suddenly cops show up in riot gear. Suddenly. It's an unlawful assembly. Suddenly there's tear gas. It's like that's what instigates the violence every
0: time. Yeah, I mean, and I've seen it. So, for instance, like in Kenosha after Jacob Blake was shot, mm-hmm. I saw the police react to violence, and that was good. The police should react to the violence. Um, I have seen what you're talking about as well in Los Angeles where the police are preemptive to violence, and that's, that's a pitfall, right? That's a trap. Yeah, LAPD's got a big problem with that one. Yeah, you don't want to be preemptive because if you show up with in all riot gear, you're going to provoke a fight. Not because people want to fight you; they want they want to rattle the system, right? They want to hit the system. And unfortunately, unfortunately, human beings wear a uniform that that represents a system of government, whether we want to admit it or not. That that's exactly what it's looked at as a system of our government. And if yeah. it's failing, if it's seen as failing a certain group of people, then they're going to want to rattle that system, and you. You can be mad at them for doing it, but you just shouldn't have gone in the first place. They would have just probably went home. Because certain groups also do things to gain attention of the police for that purpose. So like here we had a group block the highway. We we did get on our riot gear. We we sat on the buses, and the you know, the leader of a riot team was like, We're not gonna go out there unless they started getting violent with uh, you know, motorists. And in two hours they got bored, dispersed, and nothing came of it. Well, I wish
1: there was a lot more of you on the LAPD, let me tell you. Because that would that's the
0: way it should be. I
1: agree with you. Like, I first of all, I believe in disarming the police. I actually think patrol shouldn't be armed. I don't believe no police should be armed. You know, I think if there's a dangerous situation or there's something going on in neighborhoods, yeah. But having a response team ready to go if shit hits the fan is appropriate. But sending you know in cops covered in armor and riot shields when no one's
0: doing anything violent it provokes a response i can agree i mean i i can agree i don't think you know i don't think the police should make the first aggressive move yeah responding is one thing and, and that's fair if all of a sudden shit's going down and people are getting hurt then
1: I understand police moving in to keep the peace like that, 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 that makes logical sense. We can disagree or whatever on, on the different aspects and applications of it, but I understand it. It makes logical sense, but it's when people are standing around, you know, not a highway standing around street intersections, you know, with a grievance and holding signs. And all of a sudden, you know, and I've been there and all of a sudden they come rolling in smacking their shields with their batons on loudspeaker, saying, unlawful to assemble. You got two minutes and paddy wagons start rolling up and they're launching tear gas. And it's like, well, my adrenaline pumps, I already know we're in for this.
0: Yeah. See, here's completely different. Like here, we can't do that. Like the, like when the police walk, they strike their shin pads with their sticks. We can't do that here. That's uh, that's been, that's been nixed here. Like we actually have a pretty good relationship with a lot of people who want to protest here. Even if we don't know you're coming, when we see it coming, like we just had one recently for Israel-Palestine, when, when we see it coming, the protests forming, you guys are marching, we will immediately start blocking traffic. We allow, we allow people to march. I've seen that happen
1: too. That happens a lot where things start getting organized. And obviously the PD is like looking on social media. And I've seen like it's already – they're already blocking traffic ahead of time to, to make sure that that static doesn't happen.
0: And I mean, the people here know, a lot of people here know, as long as you don't destroy police property, like our stations or our headquarters, and you leave the courthouse alone, we're going to leave you alone. We really will. I mean, during one of the riots, we didn't even, they were breaking into businesses. We didn't even go. We were just, we we're like, well, what are we going to do? You want to lock up 5,000 people? Not really. What are we going to do? Uh, and that's, I mean, in reality... There's way more, there's way more citizens than there are police. So if they're going to break into stores and masses, what are you going to do? The only reason that we assemble to protect like headquarters is because there's evidence like for murders and rapes and stuff that we don't want to lose, right? That stuff we, we absolutely cannot allow. And I think it's like a moral thing. We, we will just never allow a station to be taken over and burned down. I don't believe, and morally, I wouldn't want that. That is very demeaning personally. I wouldn't want that either.
1: Now, I understand why
0: you're against that. Don't get me wrong. At no
1: point, I'm like, I don't understand. Why don't you want the police station burned? Like, clearly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's not what you guys want. However, I would have to say, though, you know, when you're talking about something like Ferguson, when you're talking about someone where clearly the police are very much in the wrong and have murdered someone in broad daylight, and the response is to throw rocks through a police station, like... You have to also be able to see that other side that like, well, how is trashing the police station not a valid form of protest against
0: major grievances like this? I draw lines in sand with physical damage and property damage. And that's only because of this. If we start trying to say what is and what isn't a valid form of protest, that's how you get a lot of things that have happened and gone wrong in history. Not all forms of protest to me are valid. However, your protest is valid. If you're protesting against Nazis and your response is to punch white people in the face, that's not valid. We don't do that, right? It's not valid to destroy things. I don't personally think it's useful to break and destroy things, you know. And so I believe that the police are allowed to defend that stuff. Also, I always tell people this. You know, a lot of things are rocks. A lot of things aren't. And we have to remember, a lot of police stations get burnt down because the police don't. The police try to take that. Well, they're just rocks approach. And then a Molotov cocktail slips through. Now we've lost rape evidence, murder evidence. We've lost cases. We've lost a lot of things. The police can't operate in a certain region now. I mean, in Portland, it was a complete blackout, right? They it was actually they burned down the police station. It was a blackout in that area of no police because they couldn't patrol out of there. And then they designate into a chest. So it's like you don't want certain things to happen. And unfortunately, unfortunately, looking at things like Portland, I don't think the police should allow that stuff to happen. Really, not into the police station, really, but it's like anywhere. Like I don't think it's useful to, you know. I disagreed when I heard uh, BLM leading activists in Chicago say, "Well, they have insurance. We can loot them It's reparations." Is that in the third? I'm like, no, that's wrong. We don't steal. <laughs> it's even if they do have a lot of money. It's their things. Technically, it's their things until somebody buys it. Now it's their things, but we don't we do not do that. Now, I don't care if people, you know, this is where people, again, hate me. Like me, I have friends on the right who are like, you're such a liberal. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You just don't like what I'm saying. I don't care if people <laughs> like you on the flag. I don't. I don't care if you burn the flag. It's If you bought the flag, burn the flag. It's your property. Don't care if you do it. Don't care if you kneel on it. I don't care if you put black tape around your mouth. I don't care. I don't care what you do to protest, just please leave people in their property alone. That's all I ask. Because you don't want me yeah, yeah.
1: to your property. That was a loaded question. I didn't expect you to answer any differently. I, again, don't necessarily agree with you, but what you're saying is logical. Like, I get it. You know, I, I will admit that was a loaded question. I just, I was curious what, as someone who has an opinion different than a lot of police officers, I, I, I wanted to know where you stood on that. So I just want you to know I wasn't trying to set you up. No, <laughs> I, no, was, no, I wanted to hear what you thought about that. I probably stand the same as a lot of other police. Look, I am the same in some areas. Disagree. I disagree. A lot of cops don't. uh, A lot of cops have a big problem with things like burning the flag. Um, really? And Neil, and I, oh, yeah, big problem. I got to tell you, I was uh, I got to do a really cool thing. I actually got to hang out with Joey Johnson, the guy from Johnson versus Texas uh, oh, the Supreme Court case where they made it legal to burn the flag as long as you weren't harming anyone, you know, and we went out and uh, into Hollywood and we burned the flag on Fourth of July on Donald Trump star as a, as a protest against Trump. And no one did anything. We weren't stopped. Like we were allowed to do it. But let me tell you, the, the crowd was not happy and the cops were not happy at all. They didn't, you know, again, nothing was violated, but no one's happy about that. That's an unpopular thing to do in this country.
2: Uh, a question I kind of had, because it's actually a perfect segue, Chris, because I don't think you can deny that this statement, that a vast majority of police officers in this country lean right. I, I don't think that's disputed.
1: It doesn't surprise anyone, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, that statement I don't think is controversial. Not to say that there aren't left-leaning police officers, but I think most of them lean right. The conservative right in this country, in my opinion, has gone off the deep end of of, of right-wing. I mean, they have gone full fascist at this point, and Trump has, been, has become their leader. I also don't think it's controversial to say that police as a unit in this country have lined up right behind them. He is supported by the police unions. They back what he says. They vote for him. They support him. A lot of police officers are Trumpers and proud of it. And because of this, police in this country have kind of hitched their wagon to this fascist, racist Cheeto. Well, I will never say all cops agree with this. Their unions and by default, the people they represent, i.e. cops do support this. And so when you are supporting fascism and racism, whether or not you personally are a fascist or a racist, I don't think matters at that point, because you are now using your electoral power to put into place people that are fascist and racist. How how do you, as a person who I think doesn't necessarily agree with those ideals, reconcile that when you see police unions all over the country saying no this is the guy that that speaks for us
0: you know i don't think they should do that (laughs) in short you know i've seen on both sides the left and the right and politics in america has taken a complete abandonment of the middle ground to be middle ground is like just devilish you can't be in the middle I, I think the left has gone off the deep end in some senses. I think the right's gone off the deep end in some senses. But one thing I will agree with you on, I think the police have sided with the right, mostly unions, not, not that all police, I, I work with plenty of liberal police officers as well, but I think the unions themselves and the people who make decisions for police and how policing will be ran or not ran, side with the right because they feel attacked by the left. That's all it is. Well, and that, I guess that's a good question
1: because, like, I, again, you, you know, knowing right away, you know, your views. I know that you're obviously not a conservative Trumper at all. But when you say the left wing's gone off the rails, I'm, I, I don't know. You, you piqued my interest. in In what ways do you believe that?
2: Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Because uh, I'm, gonna, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to guess Chris and I are going to disagree with you on that one.
1: But that's okay. I'm
0: actually really curious, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they look like I'm. I'm not against police reform at all. I'm I'm sometimes mm-hmm. against how we reform. So um, I've seen certain cities make it. So certain cities, I don't know if LA did it yet. I only heard LA might do it. You'd probably know better than me because you live there or you live in California. I know that New York has started doing it. Some other major cities started doing it where they're kind of starting to loosen up on certain crimes like theft. And they're kind of L.A. has done they, they've done a few things
1: on that one where it's like, uh, years ago, actually. Um, something that I agree with the LAPD on is they changed their law of not doing uh, if a pursuit reaches a certain level, like a vehicle pursuit. Right. And the guy's doing 112 down the highway and it's getting real dangerous. And he doesn't have a kid in the car. He's not holding anyone at gunpoint. Like literally they ran his plates. He might have a warrant and he took off. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. Uh, they'll drop the pursuit so no one gets killed. And that is a good thing, I think.
0: See that being reasonable. I guess to keep it, like, more big issue, I think when it comes to, like, I've seen a lot of Democratic mayors close jails. Um, Democratic prosecutors have closed jails. Well, I don't agree with jailing, and uh, its, its purpose we have now. I do agree that some people do belong in jail. Like, there's just people who we should put into an actual jail. Um, mostly people being murderers and rapists, and I believe people commit like armed robberies with use of weapons i i I believe that when you have genuine harmed victims people belong in jail i wish just i just wish that jail is more rehabilitative than anything but moving forward you know i don't i don't agree with a lot of the closing of jails around the country i don't agree with a lot of the laying off of police um i was open to it originally admittingly silently admittingly i was curious on its on its impact which the impact reported just from what I've read from mostly my, my left-wing sources I like to look at has been poor for the cities. I'm not a fan of, I'm not always a fan of defund the police, but not for reasons you might believe. I didn't particularly find that to be very helpful. I am I think the left has gone to deepen deep end sometimes in how they address police uh, contact and shootings. So for instance, Micaiah Bryant was a Big one that I like lost my mind on, and I'm I'm not familiar with that one. What sure was that one? Uh, the young girl. It was a young girl who had a knife. She was charging another young girl, and the officers showed up, and like within ten seconds, <gasps> oh to yeah, chill. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, people were like, "Well, should the police respond to knife fights? You know, knife fights happen all the time. You know, maybe the cop was racist, and you know, it's it's stuff like that that like just drives me insane about the left because I'm like what are i'm like we're not even logical and what are we doing but the same thing drives me crazy about the police with the right with the bootlicking right like and i know a lot of our republican friends hate when i say that my like, the right bootlicks they just do i mean they, they bootlick do. all the time and yep. it sometimes I'm like why are you bootlicking we're wrong call us wrong call just tell us we're wrong come on man like just, just be fair You know, and so I think both sides have gone off the ends if we're just in the realm of policing politically, where the right doesn't want to admit that the cops can be wrong ever. And the left is just like, well, the cops are always wrong. And I I do make the difference between like far leftists and like Democrats. I think there's more Democrats than there are even people who say they're far left. I'm like, you're a Democrat, at least to me, I have people who were they're like, Oh, I'm as far left as it gets. I love Nancy Pelosi and I'm like mm, Yeah, no, no.
1: Mm, yeah, you're not quite as proud mm. as you think you are, buddy. Let's yeah. see it <laughs> You are you you are a centrist who likes gay people. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, okay, so, like, but let's talk about that because, again, that's that's a good one. It's a specific case. It's got a lot of nuance, and you and I disagree on that one. So, yeah, the the 10-year-old girl with the knife. Now, I'll give you this. She absolutely – now, first of all, yes, police should respond to knife fights. End of story. If someone has a deadly weapon and is assaulting another person with that deadly weapon, that is an instance that we need police officers for, right? Because now we're getting back into the vigilante justice. But I'm sorry. I'm not a trained peace officer. I don't have a vest. I don't have backup. I don't have anything. If I was out in the street, butt naked, and all I had was a firearm, and a ten-year-old girl came at me with a knife, I would not shoot her. I, I I couldn't open fire on a child with a knife. It's like she was wielding a shotgun. Well, she was six. Well, well she was sixteen, though. Does oh, that make 16, any difference?
2: 15. Yeah, she was sixteen.
1: It does make a difference. Not as big as again. It's again. I I just have a problem with minors. I mean. When it comes to when it when it becomes a firearm, I think that changed. Like, that's why Kyle Rittenhouse is someone who I think should burn because, yes, was he a minor? First of all, he was 17. But yes, he's a minor. But on the other hand, it was premeditated, crossed state lines, and he brought a firearm. And let's be real, we can talk about ADW all day long. As a police officer, I'm sure you agree with this. Firearms change everything. Threat multiplier with a firearm is definitely massive. Big time. Big time. Agreed. So you had a 16 year old girl and she got a knife. And you got a pair of cops who have all kinds of gear, and it's like to open fire on a sixteen-year-old with a knife. I still find that to be, uh, no pun intended, overkill. Like that's it's not needed. And if you're in a position where you can't hang out with a, and kidding, she was not big. I've seen pictures of this one. She was she was a petite human being. And if you can't take that on with your partner covered in gear without shooting, then you shouldn't be a cop. Like if you're that scared. Because I'm sorry, that's a coward move, and I, I got to tell you, I've been talking to you for an hour now. I have a hard time believing you would open fire on a 16 year old who had a knife, especially if you had backup. I I have a hard time believing you would do that. I don't think, mo- and I don't think most people who have a pair would. I think that's part of the scared mentality. I mean, look at ha- look at Tamir Rice, same thing, a 12 year old with a pellet gun. Now, granted, when the cops rolled up, it looked like a real gun, didn't have an orange tip. I don't blame them for for having pause on that one. But it was it was it was what two seconds, the entire incident. I mean, they literally rolled up, screamed out a window, and he it was, it was the entire incident was less than two seconds. The car hadn't stopped rolling when they shot him. They were inside the car and they shot a twelve-year-old. And it's like he's supposed to be more common collected than these two adults who are trained. So yeah, is a sixteen-year-old wielding a knife a good thing? Fuck no. Does that deserve a response? Absolutely. Does that mean two grown ass men who are trained and are peace officers and are fully armed need to use lethal force immediately upon a sixteen year old? I don't agree with that.
0: I would only—I don't know what I would do—only because I, I'm not there in the situation. Um, it all depends, like because I, I do—I do have a very strong sense of protecting people's lives, and I believe that we mm-hmm. should. I think it's the our. One of, it's the pinnacle of what we do. And if to me, if I can't save somebody's life, I'm useless. And so had she been just armed with a knife and in the middle of the street, not charging anybody, not attempting to swing at anybody, and the cop just shows up and cancels her, I've been like, why? You couldn't have said, hey, how you doing? We couldn't have got a plan together. The only reason I give him this one is because He got out the car. He saw, first he saw a fight in front of him between a grown man and another child. And Mm. then he saw another girl get up, you know, according to his account and some other eyewitnesses accounts, yelled, I'm going to kill you or something to that nature, pull out a lethal weapon, and then charged another person defenseless, cowering against the car like, don't stab me. That, in that instance, I think a few things happened. He was put into what I call a compromised position where he had to make a snap decision on whose life was more valuable. Yes. And it has to be like that because anything else later than that is somebody can be dead. He has to decide, do I stop this threat or do I attempt something different like a taser or hands-on, but in the process she could murder this other child and he was out of taser range. We all, that's what they, that's what the police report says. What he said, And according to eyewitnesses, they were like, I don't think he could have tased her either. Um, Obviously, him running up there and putting his hands on her is a a big danger for himself uh, being stabbed. And then um, also a danger for the person who could be stabbed. Um, So it's it's very, very compromising. And it's a decision that honestly, a lot of officers dread because it's well, what is that right choice? I mean, and that's right. I told people this legally. Legally, as much as we all can we all can hate this, but legally the shoot was lawful. Moral. Yeah, she, she was she was going after another person right. with a deadly weapon. Right. But I tell people this too. True, two things can be true simultaneously. We can have a legally good shooting by a police officer. But we can also have wished that something different could have been done and explore options to perhaps how we could prevent that. Somebody once I talk I talked to a BLM person who was like, Why don't you guys have beanbag guns? And I'm like, there we go. That's why don't we have beanbag guns? Why, why? Because probably because we abused them at one point, honestly, and they were taken away from us. But <laughs> I actually don't like
1: that because, um, as someone who's been on the receiving end of that one, they hurt. Like, rubber. It's not just that; it's that it's that you'll have officers more apt to use them when they shouldn't. Like, Think. Right. I think, I think a beanbag. I think a beanbag shotgun is a fantastic, a really good replacement for a lethal weapon. The problem is, is it rarely replaces a lethal weapon. It usually replaces pepper spray. And that's the problem. It's like, again, I've been on the end of rubber bullets. They're supposed to be shot at the ground and bounce up into your kneecaps. And here in SoCal, they
0: get shot right right at people's torsos. People are losing eyes, you know? And that's been, and that was an issue with like tasers, right? Tasers are classified less than lethal, but it is found... And we've seen it, so there's no reason to hide from the truth. This is something I don't like. I don't like to hide from the truth that they've been used as torture devices. Mm-hmm. We've seen officers do it, and it's wrong. I think that's the fear of giving officers more non-lethal options to subdue people. But I, I, I do, I, I admit uh, once again, two things can be true simultaneously. I don't know if you've ever done any kind of like combat, like, like me. I do jujitsu, I wrestle. Uh, subduing somebody is actually really hard. It, it, it is. is hard. I, I do
1: few years of hop keto back when I was a teenager when you actually start subduing another human being it is not easy
0: yeah and usually requires a little bit of pain and a little bit of force what what the police have to juggle is how do we not torture people and how do we not uh, severely damage them in order to subdue them and I think that is a I mean one of them is not a fine line torturing somebody is pretty easy not to do but the other one unless you're, unless you're
1: Chicago PD like, we were talking about them earlier losing some of their rights, and it's like Chicago PD had a torture warehouse where they would black box people for 48 I've hours.
0: Heard, I've heard about that. I haven't read into yeah. it. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, I'll send you a link. The Guardian did a great article on it, but it was on CNN. BBC even talked about it. it was. It was an off-the-books Chicago Police Department. Um, no one knew about it, and it was on the West Side. It was called Homan Square, and literally, they would take people that, and it was people they weren't going to arrest because that creates a record, right? There's paperwork there. It would be informants, people who were t- tran- uh, uh, tangential to suspects. They'd bring them in the warehouse, torture them for two days, not let them see family. You know, lawyers would literally show up, and they'd be you know told to get the fuck out. And they were held and tortured for days and then released to get information. I mean, it's like CIA oh, yeah. please, black site kind of
0: shit. send me the link. I would love the link on that. I would absolutely love the link on that. Yeah. Chicago PD's got a
1: whole bunch of problems, you know, on that one. And again, it's like, and that's I think where it kind of comes down to is like this is why I don't trust, because as soon as it's off the books, you know, this is why like you were saying body cameras are great. And I actually completely agree with you. I think body cameras are fantastic, but it's like there's always a way around it. And the problem is secrecy breeds the ability to do anything you want. Again, this isn't about, you know, necessarily people who are cops. This is about anyone. I mean, this is this is Stanford prison experiment kind of stuff. You know, this is when you give people
0: authority and a nominity. and a boy, I'm just screwing that one up. And, and I forget what the experiments called. Uh, you might you might be able to help me. When, when they used the college students and some of them were in prison. That's the state for prison, yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it, it boils down to that. I mean, and we're, like I said, we're all humans. And that's exactly what, but this is why I said, a part and that's of police what jail reform, sucks. Yeah. It's it, it, exactly why jail sucks. And I said this a part of police reform should be regular mental health checks. Like once a week, it should be built into your shift because we should, we should care so much. We're going to pay you to go. You're going to go once a week to speak to somebody about how you're feeling they're going to check on you you can pick the person it can be through your insurance it doesn't matter like because that's a real thing that's a real thing like and they they it's been demonstrated multiple times that's not the first experiment of its of its kind it's a it's a real thing it happens to humans it i don't know what we don't know what it is we just it just, just it just develops well, and look at the, the Milgram experiments. I mean, the, the, that's an
1: even more telling one where they, they took the people – and this is the one that has been replicated a lot – is they took people and they had to control a dial on whether or not someone else got electrocuted.
2: I think that's what he was talking about, Chris. No,
1: he's talking about the Stanford Prison Experiment where a group of students were pulled out. And honestly, what that what that study really shows is what happens when you have a bunch of Ivy League white men left to their own devices, if you ask me. But, um, I knew he was
0: going to do it. I knew he was going to do it.
1: It's a whole lot of rich white boys in their 20s. And that's yeah. a very separate demographic, if you ask me. Um, I
0: mean,
1: I, no shit that got monstrous. But th- they were separated. Half of them were prisoners. Half of them were were prison guards. And, of course, that experiment has not only is it unethical, but it's also um, it's come to light in recent years that some of it was actually staged and, and coerced. And so we don't really know. But, again, it's, it's a thought experiment that we can all kind of agree like, yeah, that makes it it. It, it groks really well with what we see in reality. Uh, the Milgram experiments uh, were actually after the Nuremberg trials uh, when all the Nazis were basically saying, we were just following orders. Basically, the researcher said like, that. no way, you, you, no way people would commit that level of atrocity just because someone in authority told them to. And so he literally set up all these, and it was across all age, gender, and racial demographics as, as wide as he could make it. He cast a wide net for this one. And basically there was two actors, a guy in a lab coat, And a guy on the other end, there was a microphone and a speaker and you had a dial. So the only person who was an actual unwitting experimenter was the one controlling the dial. And you were told the guy on the other end of the room was answering questions and they would get harder as they went. And whenever he answered incorrectly, you were supposed to give him a shock. Every time he did it wrong again, you had to increase the voltage. And the doctors told you, like, he has signed up to this, he's volunteered for this, he's being compensated, he'll be treated, it'll be fine, but we're testing whether or not higher levels of pain increase or decrease cognition. And you'd be like, okay, I guess I'll press a button, whatever. And you'd go in and do it. And every time you did it, he would scream in more and more pain. Obviously, he was an actor, he wasn't being electrocuted, but you didn't know that. And there was a guy with a lab coat and a clipboard sitting behind you telling you to keep doing it. Eventually, by the end of it, a certain level, the person would start begging for their life and pleading and crying and saying they wanted out of the experiment and this was hurting and this was terrible and they need out and this is they're they're gonna die they don't want to die and they do like begging for their lives and the personal lab coat would say don't worry it's just the pain talking keep doing it uh turns out 80 percent of people did it until death until it was a lethal dose of electricity 80 percent do not question authority and will continue as long as they're being told this is what you're supposed to do
0: well and you know the perfect measure of human evil is the nazis And this is why the American military after World War II adopted the principle of following orders is not an excuse because people Mm -hmm. will commit mass atrocity under the authority of somebody else and then try to attribute that that evil to the other person. Well, they told me it was okay. Yeah, but
1: that doesn't the problem is you're right. And that's absolutely correct is the army did say that, no, there is you know, you will go to border rights. There is a a duty to not perform unethical actions, but it never holds true. As soon as someone goes against their commanding officer and against the flow, even if it's unethical, they go to court martial. They were disobeying orders in a combat zone. I mean that happened all the time in Vietnam, and these guys just got yeah, fragged.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And it and it, it's the um, it's like the two way hypocrisy of the system. Like we we don't want to allow something, but then we don't want to we don't want to regulate it. Then after we just want to be champions for saying we'll never allow this. And it's like. We're going to allow this. It's like, why? And the the same thing that that makes
1: us cringe at that, like willing to follow orders. We also at the same point go, well, but that's really necessary for a combat unit or for a police unit or for the judicial system or for politicians. Like we need people to unquestionably follow a law. And, and again, and you, you might disagree with me on this one because you're a police officer, but like uh, my belief is that the law and ethics have never gone hand in hand. Slavery was legal. You know, uh, the, the, the Holocaust was legal. You know, uh, women's suffrage was legal. You know, th- these things were legal. The, you know, Japanese internment camps were legal. You know, the, the, the trail of tears was legal because it was done by executive order. Like something being legal has nothing to do with ethics or humanity. And when just because something is a good shooting or something is legal or fits the bill or can be protected, that never justifies it to me.
0: Right. And, you know, this might be one of the last few subjects I can cover if I have to go in a minute. Yeah, but, sorry, a while. You know, no, you're good. No, you're good. I, I like it. No, and I agree. Uh, the law is created by humans who are subjective. We're not objective beings. We, it's really hard for us to do that, especially when there's a lot of us. And morals aren't something I find useful with law because what what's moral and what's not, you know, I don't, you know, particularly I don't live in Gilead. So, you know, yeah, Christianity morals are cultural. yeah they yeah. don't particularly you know, Christian morals. Don't do anything for me. Right. But yeah. I think we should have a stronger sense of, I mean, what's ethical. I mean, is it, is it right to jail people for 15 years for two buttons of fentanyl, even if it's their third time getting caught with it? Is that really what we want to do? Like it, is that what we should be spending our money doing or should we help to cure these people of an illness they have, which is their addiction, which is probably being perpetuated by their perpetual poverty that they're in and a lack yep. of assistance. But, you know, uh, it's it, the, the, the law is really weird to me. It, it really is because as a police, I've ran into this a couple of times where I'm I've been asked to do something and I'm just kind of like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's wrong and and but that that puts you in that 20% which i i hats off to you. i can respect
1: it you know that's uh-huh. that's a good thing but that puts you in the 20% of humanity that's willing to question orders
0: well and and like i think even happened in uh california when uh, who was it orange county orange county sheriffs wouldn't enforce That's the Alabama of California. It really is. (laughs) I think it was, I really agreed with them. They would not make arrests on masking policies. They're like, no, I'm not arresting people for not wearing a mask. We're not going to forcefully put our hands on people, take them to jail. if They don't want to go with us for not wearing a mask. And I'm like, good, you shouldn't. Is it against the Constitution? If the health department wants to send them a fine, I'm okay with that. But we're not going to utilize law enforcement to... I mean, because ultimately you have to ask yourself, I call it the then what questions, right? Put on your mask. No. Okay, then what? You get to a point where it's like, do you use force? Because you have to understand, like at the end of law enforcement, when it comes to making arrests, I, and I, this is where I did, I the Orange County Sheriff said this. He's like, you have to understand, when it comes to law enforcement, at the end of the day, if we say we're going to jail and you tell me no, I'm allowed to hurt you, to take you. And he's like, I don't believe we should do that to our citizens. We shouldn't do that to the citizen population. And I was like, well, we shouldn't. I, I don't necessarily think you're wrong, FYI. Like For the record, I, I
1: understand the hesitancy to use force for something like that. But my question is, okay, but what happens if I'm walking around to school with my dick out and I say, no, I'm not going to stop? Do you then use force to arrest me? Because you should. But how is that not different? If you could pull me over and, issue, and I blow a stop sign, right? And you issue me a ticket. And I say, I'm not signing it. I'm not going to sign my notice to appear. You're going to use force to arrest me at that point, correct? We don't have that here. I think it's
0: really interesting. I'm sorry, really we don't have that here. Like, oh, we wow. don't have that here I can't for assume that it's reason. universal. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's just I've always found uh, California to be interesting. I'm like, why? Why do they have to sign anything if they don't go to their court? They have a warrant. Like, just give them the. It's a, it's like, a,
1: it's a really liberal town, except for when it comes to law enforcement. enforcement cops yeah. are unhinged. Um, <laughs>
0: I, it's, it's like weird it's like sign this piece of paper why i fucking said so it's like no just give it to him if he doesn't go he'll have a warrant who cares like i don't care it's, yeah. it's such a weird concept i'm sorry it may, yeah, may, i agree it makes no
1: sense that like okay okay fine you didn't sign to appear but it's like we live in a digital age this the dash cam has got your plate and can see you like we have evidence that you were cited and refused to show up for court we can issue a bench warrant like exactly <laughs>
0: I can mail it to your house. I've had people not take the ticket. And I'm like, I'll just mail it to your house. Dude, I know where you live. It's on your ID. <laughs> uh, okay,
1: so then that's a bad example. I guess, you know, again, that's ignorance Sorry, of dying. living here. I kind of assumed that was national. Yeah. Okay, but let's say, and this is a we bad example, but again, <laughs> let's say I'm walking around town with no pants on. And you're like, hey, man, uh, you can't can't be outside with your junk hanging out. And I say, tough shit. My body, my choice. I'm not wearing undies. That's, not, that's my American right.
0: You're gonna have to at some point use force to stop me, right? You know what? I'm actually really weird about this whole nudity thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I agree uh, with you. Actually, I don't think it's a big problem. I think we should be showing kids nudity over violence. But <laughs> you know, <I'm> really <laughs> in terms of weird, law, like, I have zero problems with nudity. I really don't. As long as people are keeping your hands to yourself and not assaulting people who are also nude, I'm okay with. And as long as we're not you know being inappropriate children obviously mm-hmm. i cuz there are places where nudity is like a thing like you can just whole there's whole communities where just nude people and yeah. i'm like that's cool i i want to move there one day it sounds neat oh it's called college you should check it out <laughs> yeah, i want to go <laughs> but but as it as it stands in normal society uh i believe the police should use force yes dude i believe that the covid mask are different only because the covid <sighs> It's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting anybody.
2: But it is, though. So look, there's documented yeah, evidence people. that wearing your masks protects lives. Like you're, pre- you're preventing the potential spread of a disease that can kill. In fact, there's more evidence to show that wearing a mask protects people than there is to show that having your dick out in front of children arms them.
0: Well, you know what? I guess from a non-police standard, if I'm being consistent ideologically, the police shouldn't use to stress people for not wearing pants because who cares? The same way, the, the same way you don't have the right to make me wear a pants, you don't have the right to make me wear a mask. I mean, this is just my, my libertarian belief. Like, no, like, that's I should be able to now. If I go to work nude and my boss is like, you're fired, get out. I demand you, yeah, wear but that's just
1: suffering consequences for your actions in yeah, yeah. the private I mean, sector.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're free to do whatever you want in the society, but you will suffer the consequences. Yeah, I believe in that. But I mean, to be I non police me ideologically consistent, I would say. No, the police shouldn't use force arrest for people with no pants because well, who cares? And then you do have me on that one. I mean, that,
1: that's fair. Like, Again, I will at least give you points. Like, that You're not hypocritical. You're consistent. However, that sheriff will happily arrest people for not wearing pants and for not signing a ticket. And that's yeah. the hypocrisy is we're not going to use yeah. force because it's their choice. And it's like, okay, but it's also my choice not to wear pants. And it's my choice to do things that go against – civil you know rest or whatever you want to call it but it's like if i'm going to refuse to do something where i'm not harming another i'm not causing violence i'm not instigating anything like i'm living my own life and people don't like it it violates a code but i am not running around with a sledgehammer right then i shouldn't be arrested it's like your viewpoint is consistent but that sheriff's is not
0: well what's funny is i've used this argument because i do i'm a political podcaster myself and i my right-leaning colleagues, you know, I've argued with them on, uh, like, my, well, a conservative, they're more conservative-leaning colleagues, on abortion. You know, me, I'm pro-choice, and I'm like, you know, but a lot of them are pro-life. And I'm always like, so I can't lock you up for wearing a COVID mask, but I can lock you up for getting an abortion? How is that at all ideologically consistent? And, yeah. they, of course, they have an excuse, and I'm like, but and, and it usually is referred to, you know, well, I don't have to do this, it's my body. And I'm like, well, then she doesn't have to carry babies, it's her body. You know, I was it's so it's really funny. It's like remember this argument used on me and it forced yeah, well, me to be more consistent than I was really trying to be. And yeah. I'm like, ah, it's a damn good argument. I can't believe it. that's why I'm good people to people, how people feel good them. Conservatives tend to have a hypocrisy
1: when it comes to body autonomy, you yeah. know? It's it's they want to say you're free to do whatever you want. Also, don't be gay, don't have an abortion. It's like, okay, yeah. well. I understand wanting a small government. I don't disagree because I'm, I'm a socialist. I want a big government. But like Republicans want a government so small it fits into your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's all. But we're off topic. I, I know you got I know time is running short. I wanted to ask you one, one question. All right. And it's a big opinion piece on this one that like, again, we can agree on good or bad shootings or whatever. But there is definitely, you know, nothing has changed with police action in fact if anything over the decades i think police have probably been using uh use of force less than they have i, w- I would say policing has become less violent slightly over time right just like crime crime I mean, like has crime violent, crime crime dropped. Has the,
2: like the trend for crime in in the u.s and across the world is actually going down every single year Yeah,
1: and i believe it's less steep but i also believe that use of force by police is also starting to go down But what's happened recently, we hear about it so much, is there's greater visibility in it, right? And I would ask you that, like, on cases, what I am seeing from the left perspective is one of the best ways to prevent that is accountability. You know, if we're going to say that, like, these guys who are doing this do not represent all of us, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that's kind of your position, is that the guys who do this stuff is not every cop. This is a small percentage of us who are really shitty then the best way to do that is to shine light on it and to hold accountable. But unless there's a video, there's almost no chance of accountability. And if there isn't, it's almost non-existent. And it's like, yeah, there's George Floyd and there's Laquan McDonald. There are outliers, but they're rare. Usually we get Martin Grugino who gets pushed down. We get Breonna Taylor for a no-knock warrant who gets shot. We got Eric Garner who died for selling what fucking loose cigarettes. You know, got Tamir rice, a 12 year old who was expected to be more responsible than two trained grown ass men. You know, Freddie gray, 25 year old gets died because the cops didn't like him. And so they handcuffed him and threw him in a paddy wagon and went off roading to teach him a lesson. They shattered his spine. You know, these guys got completely off. DOJ wouldn't do anything. Grand jury let him off. Tamir rice, no indictment, Eric Garner, nothing. Brianna Taylor, the only guy who gets in trouble is the one who shot at white people's apartments, you know, and that's my issue and there's no accountability that if you're going to, it would seem that if in fact the dirty cops are such a tiny majority and the rest of you guys hate them, then why is it that police unions constantly defend them and DAs constantly defend them and un- you're a rarity, but most police will not talk about it and back each other to such an extent that it prevents it. And it's kind of, I've used this example before that if Matt and I go and rob a bank, right. And I'm waiting in the car with the getaway car and he runs in there with a gun and shoots someone, robs the bank, comes out, jumps in the car. We take off. Like, even though I can say I didn't rob a bank, dude, I didn't shoot anyone. I don't believe in that. I'm nonviolent. I just got my friend out of there. I'm complicit. We're both bank robbers. And it's the same thing is that like we have, even if it's a small minority, That's why at least not liberals, but leftists say ACAP and there are no, you know, all police are racist in a racist system because it's all this, we see this giant fraternity of brotherhood of them backing each other up, even if it's not privately, publicly, always having each other's backs and always taking the side of the other police over anything else. And my question to you is how do you feel about that monologue I just laid on you. And what do you think the solution is for accountability as a police officer who does see an
0: issue? Yeah. You know, when I see things like a cab and, you know, the the general placement of everybody in law enforcement into a big group, I always say you, you just, you're not seeing the inner workings. There's more, and it it really is changing. You know, I think not, I, I think before George Floyd, it was changing, but after George Floyd, it's like on turbo accelerant nitro. You know, you are seeing a lot of police officers in those orange jumpsuits. The, like the lady who shot that that guy uh, in Minneapolis. I forget I forget what both their names are. But uh, she meant that the, the, I accidentally drew my taser lady, that, that dum-dum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that clown. Yeah, she immediately went to jail. And I was like, good. She should go underneath the jail, right? And, you know, I think we're seeing more of that. And I think that's a good thing. I think, and, and, you know, I think as we get younger policemen, newer policemen, we propel into a different, I believe that we are propelling forward. I do believe with every generation, we are shattering, you know, racial biases. We are shattering, you know, racism. You're seeing more mixed families, more mixed children. I I think it takes time and time is hard to give when people's lives are being lost to bad decisions by people who make bad decisions. But I do think it's it's changing. It's changing in departments. You see DAs not jumping on board and in bed with the police anymore. You see chiefs, IEDs more willing to put out cops on Front Street. Um, from somebody on the inside, I can tell you now, the, that blue wall is deteriorated. Uh, if you punt somebody in the face while they're in handcuffs, if you you know do something to somebody, you will be told on because ultimately it's it's been ingrained at least in us if i see you do that i don't say anything i'm probably going to share the cell with you because it is police police do have a a duty to report and it's not report citizens who want police reports to report each other and that's actually a law people forget that's a law it's a law by the supreme court we have to report each other we do, and departments have laws and rules, and states have laws and rules, all fifty of them that the police have to report each other for wrongdoings, and they've recently been stepping up the punishment to include prison time for not reporting abuse of authority, racism, you know um, stuff of that nature. and I think it's good. I think that we should be holding officers accountable, and you know i i I hope that we find fairness, you know, for instance in Micaiah Bryant, I know they're trying to prosec- they were gonna prosecute him, and I said out loud, that would be the death of policing, because that'd be a overstep in my opinion of accountability. Um, that'd be the death of your police policing in America, as you probably know it. Um, I think the solutions are I think one, you need to get officers re-engaged in the community. Um, officers should go to schools and talk to the kids. They should do more community engagement. I think we need to reform laws, right? Like personally, if it was up to me, I'd legalize all the drugs and destroy 90% of traffic-related crimes unless they're moving violations. And we would go from there. I think there needs to be a complete overhaul in what we think of with violent crime. I think there needs to be a complete overhaul of how insurance is uh, used to, you know, for example, theft-related crimes, break-ins of uh, businesses, stuff like that. You know, I think there needs to be a complete overhaul on how we look at the system We need to do an overhaul in education. There are direct uh, correlations to crime between education and poverty. And unfortunately, in this country, black and brown communities are suffering the most because they populate mostly densely urban areas, such as inner cities. And those inner cities around America have failing schools like Detroit, like New York, like where I live. The schools are failing. Kids aren't going to school. And it's, it's, it's creating a mass suffering. We need to fix that, too. I think, you know, even as a libertarian, I think... It, it, some form of UBI is probably good. People don't have any money. It, and you can't just tell somebody to go get money. It doesn't work that way. You are the worst libertarian I've ever heard of. This is amazing. I know. Well, it, yeah, I was going to say, this.
2: like, it's scary that I find myself agreeing with a libertarian more than I do with most liberals.
1: Uh, are you sure you're a
0: libertarian, you're not just anti-oppression? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Like, people don't think that, like, so, like, libertarians would say you can do ubi if you eliminate the social safety net that's what we would say and i would be like okay you know what i'm saying like look ubi isn't really foreign to libertarians or the left it's it's something that they both actually worked on quite a bit it's just the i find that more of my left friends say well we need a safety net and ubi and i say no safety net but ubi and then we just argue from there but You know, but but you know, and I am—I'm the kind of person because I did it. I am, admittingly, a bootstrapped, pull yourself up kind of guy. I—I—I say it. I do. I know people hate it. Too bad. But I've seen people do it. I do it. But I realize not everybody can do it. It's just the way it is. It's just—it's just how it is. But people, when they get assistance, because people don't want to use the government for money, some people really do hate it. But when you properly assist them and propel them out of poverty, move them into decent neighborhoods move them into places where property value is higher, where they're not going to experience this violent crime, the trauma of living in violent crime neighborhoods, you're going to actually help people out a whole lot more. right? Um, also, mental health reform, which we didn't touch today, but I'll say it. Mental health reform is always my first go-to for police reform because the majority of people who are shot by police or people who come into contact with police, or they're just mentally ill, and they're not medicated. And in the World Reagan. Rich- yeah, and I mean, and in the world's richest country... I don't understand why we have violent schizophrenics wandering the streets, self-medicating with heroin and fentanyl, and not taking their regiment. And their only excuse is, "Why I can't afford it."
1: Yeah, and we refuse to give them care. We'd rather have people who have, again, you know, paranoid schizophrenic, We'd rather have them
0: on the streets than give them care. Right, and this is once again this is once again where you know people, you know, I, I argue with libertarians on this too. We can have universal health care. Next to a very healthy privatized healthcare system, I don't see yep. why not. Agreed. Two yep. Two things can be true simultaneously. I'm not going to use government healthcare. I already have. I already have department healthcare. I have military healthcare. I'm in the army. I have private healthcare through another through my life insurance policy. I have my own healthcare. I won't. Ble- I won't be taking from the system. Give this my who needs it. Right. So I think those are things we need to address. I think that we need to address um, some areas of disproportionality. And the police need to be honest about the history of policing. The war on drugs was a failure. We we did target, we did target, even if it was an accident, we targeted people during the war on drugs who are brown and black. We even if it was an accident related to poverty, we targeted people with stop and frisk. We need to admit that. And then we need to work to better that. On the other hand, I think that citizens need to give the police. And I know people are probably listening like this guy with a fucking cop. He just bashed on the cops all day. No, one's being honest about policing and what our screw ups are. Right. But I will say at the end of this, I do think in some sense, the police are the citizens. They need to give the police a small olive branch. They did it here with us. And so far, it's going really well. We We've implemented changes, social workers for mental health calls. A lot of things are going really good here now. There's not a lot of that tension between us and and the the cops and the citizens. And I think in a lot of places, they're missing that. In New York, they're missing that. In Chicago, they're missing that. They're missing um, that olive branch of there has to be a certain acceptance that cops are people, and they're going to make mistakes. They will. They will make mistakes. But I think citizens will one day hopefully be able to trust enough that when those mistakes occur, if they're wrong, people will go to jail. And if they're right, if the mistakes were, if somebody is shot or they're tased and they're hurt, that the police were in the right, so to speak, legally. But if they were wrong, they will suffer consequences. And I think that a combination of those things to include, obviously, prison reform would severely help what we experience today. But of course, our current system has a problem with walking and chewing bubblegum. So we will see. I I agree. Yeah, I think if we can do something like make police unions
1: less toxic, you know, again, it's like airplane pilots are human beings who make mistakes, but we don't tolerate a lot of mistakes from them for the same reason that we shouldn't tolerate those kind of mistakes from police officers. And I think if we have a accountability, like you were saying, like I think, you know, that that veil being lifted, this changing, I think if when there's a bad shooting that is not I'm not talking about, you know, things weren't within policy or whatever. I'm talking about, no, like when they shoot someone in the back who's running away, when when they go with a no-knock warrant and, and kill a woman who's sleeping in her bed. You know, these guys need to spend the rest of their lives in prison. And once that starts happening as policy, I think you will see public trust return to policing. And I think one of the reasons public trust has eroded so much is because... And this is sad to say it, but this is when change happens in America is when white people figure it out. You know, white people are starting to go, oh my God, there's some racial disparity in the United States. We should do something about it. And it sucks and I don't like it, but.
0: It's not sad to say they're the majority. They make up a majority of lawyers, politicians. It's, it's not sad. It's it's not sad to say it's, it's sad it's taken so long. That's what's yeah. sad. But I always tell people, and I, I argue uh, there's a, there's a couple of uh, there's a certain group of uh, black and brown people I, I I bicker with on stereo about this. You need white people because <laughs> they make up a lot of the system. You we need each other, right? We need each other, mm-hmm. hear each other from all sides, and that's why I you know I like having these conversations about policing. Um, one, I think it's really healthy that people see that we are people. We're not all the same. We all we we do differ. Um, it's good to get those, it's good to get these conversations going and it's good for people to hear these conversations because you don't, you never know who's listening to this broadcast. You never know who's listening on stereo, who's listening to my anchor. Somebody could be like, damn good idea. I might, let me, let me, let me do something about that. Or let me have that conversation too. It could be a teacher. It could be, a, it could be a researcher. It could be a poly- It could be somebody you don't even know. So I, th- that's why I'm a big fan of these conversations
1: yeah, and I think these are good ones. Now I'm not surprised. I was very surprised in the beginning when I found out there was a police officer who wanted to come on our show. I was like has he heard us? <laughs> um, but like, I get it. And that's the thing is you are an anomaly in policing, and we need cops like you.
2: Yeah, you People should who are the willing norm.
1: to say, this is correct, this is not correct. Citizen or officer, it doesn't matter. We're held to a standard in the law. That's what we need. And I I, I, I hope we get more like you because poli- there's too many police not even necessarily committing egregious acts. There's far too many police covering for the egregious acts. And police unions were basically the NRA of unions doing this and defending the undefendable. And it's like, as soon as that That cone of... Again, I don't know what goes on in IA or in the departments. You're right. We don't see the inner workings. But all I can say is what happens in the public sphere. And the public sphere is secretive. We have shootings where the police departments and the DA are censoring the videos and not letting people see. And it's like, this is killing trust. And until I know that people who shoot unarmed black men are going to go to prison, then I don't trust that it's not happening when I'm not looking in this on a camera recording it. And... I think if we can get more people with this viewpoint who aren't hardcore authority loving bootlickers and people who actually think critically in police departments that's when we're going to see more change.
2: I agree 100%. Uh, and honestly, like you Chris, I was pr- I'm pleasantly surprised with the way this goes and I actually prefer this to what we expected. Because yeah, we're going be to be fight like, we have yeah.
1: conversations. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, if we're going to give a voice to any any police officer, I prefer giving it to somebody like Lamar because I do think your viewpoints not only need to get out to the public, but they need to spread amongst police officers as well. Because I, I honestly, I don't, as we've said, we don't believe that you are the norm and you should be. We don't agree on everything, but there is, at least we agree there's a problem. And when we, we agree on that, then we can start debating solutions. But if we can't even yeah. agree on the problem, which most police officers in this country, I don't think can, how are we going to find a solution?
1: Yeah, I got to say, Lamar, I just still disagree with you on some finer points, but I don't, I don't, uh, I don't doubt your intentions. And I think that's, I think that's a big difference.
0: Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. No, this, you know, I've, I've done this before and it's been like, Three on one didn't quite go as smoothly. It's so, like that was really my only concern. But I, you know, I kind of if it, just from the beginning, I was like, ah, oh, these guys are pretty. These guys are pretty cool. This is going to be a good conversation. Well, we actually had that talk. There's three of us. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, we, and we did have
1: that exact and talk. A- Yeah, he was like, I'm going to bow out so it's not three on one. And Matt and I were like, okay, dude, we can't come out swinging and being like, how come cops are killing Freddie Gray? You know, like, we (laughs) got to, like, this dude has taken the time to come on a show that is already against police violence and is willing to come out here and do this, like, we need to come at this from a stance where we're not going to be talking over or combative or any of that. So like, and, and you were the same way. Like there was a lot of, I think we, we did a lot of uh, principle of charity in this conversation. So I want to say, I appreciate you being here, man. I really do. Same,
2: same. It takes, it takes stones to come into what most people in your position would perceive as the lion's den. I don't think it is. Cause like Chris said, we do a pretty good job of trying to vocalize that we will hear anyone that's against us. We're probably not going to agree with most of them, but we'll hear it. And so I, I think it it shows a lot of uh, character for somebody to come into an environment that like this and and be willing to engage. Because I don't think a lot of people in your position would be. In most cases.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. It was, I thought it went really well. Like you know, like I said, yeah, we disagreed on some things, but rather than you know, obviously, I'm not going to change your mind in an hour and I can change mine. So there's no point. Let's just move on and find that common yeah, ground again. Yeah. So I I thought this went really well. I'm I'm actually really, you know, thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and talk to you guys. Absolutely, man, and we'll probably, next time there's some horrible thing in the news, we'll probably reach out to you for a quote or something,
1: but before you go, um, you're a podcaster yourself, um, uh, give yourself a 30-second plug, man. I would love to, our listeners, if they if they liked, if you guys liked what Lamar said and thought he had some good points and thought what he was saying crocked with you, like, Lamar, what are you working on? Where can our people find you?
0: Uh, people can find me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find a lot of your podcasts um but the, my podcast is it's views from the arch uh you can find me on twitter uh i'm sorry not twitter instagram i use my instagram a lot um just look up it's views from the arch on instagram i'm uh i'm, I'm utilizing a, an app but a lot more are jumping on stereo um which i don't work for them by the way i just podcast on there <laughs> uh so you can find me as it's views from the arch on stereo as well um but yeah, and when I, whenever I release this episode, I'm not going to edit or anything. You guys can just click the link tree and wherever you want to find me. Up oh, YouTube. I'm on YouTube. How did I miss that one? Um, feel free to go to the YouTube and subscribe and watch some of my videos. Maybe you'll like me. Maybe you won't. But hopefully you'll listen anyways. <laughs> awesome. Well, th- thanks again for being here, man. Uh, this
1: was an awesome, uh, awesome thing to do. We've, We've wanted to have someone from the law enforcement viewpoint come on here. So I appreciate you doing this, man. I really appreciate your time. All right. Hey, you guys too. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. you.
1: And there you have it, folks. That is the conclusion of the Alt-Left's interview with a cop. It did not go, as you could tell, any way we thought it would. So one day we'll have someone who we can actually argue with on here. Um, (laughs) But it was was refreshing to hear a different perspective. Right, Matt?
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think that was great. I actually... I prefer where we can find common ground and find things we agree on. Uh, my biggest problem with with the right and, by extension, I think that that tends to encompass most cops is that we can't agree on anything because we can't agree there's a problem. I mentioned this in the podcast. You know, it's if we can't even agree on a problem, how are we going to find a solution? Um, so I think it was really refreshing to see that he at least agreed with us on those points. Uh, as we said in the podcast, there's a few other things that, uh, we don't necessarily agree with him on, but I think if all cops were like him, we, we might not ha- be having the issues we're having today. You know what I mean?
1: I think we would still have problems because he's authoritarian by nature, which I still have an issue with on that one. But yes, I would hmm. agree. I think if most police would at least recognize that militarization is wrong, no knock warrants are stupid. Um, You know, that that is a start. I think that is the best way to get rid of some of the most egregious errors. You know, and some of the things we disagreed on are are still vitally important. I'm sorry. Qualified immunity is garbage. Um, Grand juries deciding whether or not prosecution happens is absolute garbage. Again, like I said earlier in the interview, if you or I go out and shoot someone, We don't get a grand jury deciding whether or not maybe a case will be presented. No, we get a DA who looks at it and says, yes, and then it goes to trial. Um, And I believe that if you don't have equal justice for those who are supposed to be carrying it out, you don't have justice at all. And again, you know, I really liked this interview. And this guy was an anomaly, not like I usually think at all. But at the end of the day, there are no good cops in a racist system. And I think the issue is systematically, this isn't about hugging it out. I don't need to see more cops going to barbecues in inner city neighborhoods and I don't need to see Molotov cocktails. It's no, we have systematic problems, major ones, and we need them to change. And I think these dialogues, maybe they'll do something. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But it was very interesting to hear a viewpoint that was neither ours nor your typical cops. Um, this yeah. was, this was a lot of fun to get a third view.
2: Agreed. Agreed. Um, and I'm hoping we can have him back on again.
1: Yeah, I hope so too. That'd be great. He did a great job.
2: So yeah, you know, and, and once again, just everyone, thank you. The last thing I want to kind of end this on is, is our housekeeping stuff. We always do this. I'm really just trying to get the word out. We've we've seen our, our listener base grow. Um, we're into triple digits now with our listener base, and it's ha- it's growing every week. You guys have been great. We're getting more and more feedback. Keep that coming. Absolutely, comment, like, share. Especially the last two, because you know the best way that we can uh, expand even further and keep this thing going, and maybe start adding in some more high-profile guests, is if we get the word out. If we grow, we we got to get into the uh, the quadruple digits here. If that's going to have a prayer of happening, and the best way that you guys can help us do that, share this with your friends. Have them like us. Have us review this. That's that's the biggest one. Likes, um, follows, and reviews. Those are the big three. If you guys can do that. We have a chance of really turning this into something more than just a rickety little podcast, um, which is beyond anything we could have even hoped for. So thank you for what you've been doing. Continue to share us out there. Continue to comment. Continue to subscribe and help us get the word out because I think we're starting something here. There's, this feels good. Feels right. And uh, I want all of you guys to be a part of it and help us grow uh, this podcast to to be the best that it can be.
1: And thank you guys for being here every week with us. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for joining us on the journey of our our pet project and what we love doing. So we will see you next week with a whole new episode. Um, Fresh off the grill, little tasty nugget of Alt-Left goodness for you. Uh, It'll be good for your body's constitution. Until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember, kids, the revolution is you.